Hello and welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where a group of geographically co-located pals Oh my god, yeah! Uh, come together, have a drink and work together to solve a homemade escape room of the ears. And today we are recording in the Oddfellows Arms in Doddington. I'm Mike, I'm drinking a half of beer amaretti and a lime soda, and joining me this evening we have... Sam, it's been a long time since I've been on this podcast. I've got amaretti, a whole pint of it. And Mr. Michael Collins, I hope that you don't have any stalk friends, because now you've, did, you've divulged your immediate location. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> oh, we'll bleep that out in the edit. <laughs> you have to release this like a few weeks later. <laughs> well, once I've escaped. Yeah. Once I've right. changed location. And your full name. Yeah. That's right. Now yeah. they know my parents. Instagram they stalkers, like, uh, <laughs> pinpointing your location. And, uh, hi, I'm Mike. I've, uh, I think it's been even longer than when Sam was last time. Anyway, I'm here with uh, a pint and a half of variety. Yes, we've gone half pint, a pint, and a pint and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm going to catch up. (laughs) (laughs) You better. We'll be delivering immediate percentage updates of beer drunk throughout the podcast. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. So how does it work? Each week, uh, one of us will present a part of the Infinite Escape Room, which the others will try and solve. And this week, the one presenting it is me. What is the Infinite Escape Room? Well, it is like any other escape room you may be familiar with. Oh my God, Sam is shoveling peanuts into his mouth <laughs> and then chewing with his mouth open. It's so distracting. It's like watching peanut butter being made. that he's doing this without a script, you guys. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we're like 200 episodes in. It's basically hardwired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like any other escape you may be familiar with, except that this one, instead of happening in bricks and mortar and things that you can touch with your fleshy paws, uh, it's happening in your ears and imagination holes. And a quick pause in the podcast here just to thank a few of our fabulous patrons who keep us on the air, and in particular, Maggie, Jen McPhillamy, and Laura Guerin. Thanks so very, very much. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to join their ranks for as little as a pound a month, gain access to our episodes a week early via our patron feed, get bonus material and unedited episodes, then head on over to patreon.com slash the infinite escape room. Right, back to the podcast. Um, Rain is like fuzz right now. <laughs> well, that answers this question of gents, are you ready? Uh, I think Rain is uh, like fuzz. This is going to come right down to the wire, isn't it? <laughs> Shit, yeah. How much, how much time I got? A 30 minutes normally. 30 minutes? 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Wow, Get times, times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a yes then. Let's enter the infinite escape room. Last time on the Infinite Escape Room, the gang found themselves in a well-sourced British museum in 2012, where, with little more than a giant stone fist, an Egyptian mummy, and a security guard's torn-off arm, you averted the Mayan apocalypse. No sooner had one massive predictable disaster been averted than you found yourself in June 2016, and the clarion call of a blonde baboon from the ceiling above signalled something far worse. It is the year of the Brexit referendum, and all is not well. A Telegraph article flutters down from the ceiling and into the chamber of Apocalypse. Whoops. You hear a metallic whirring from outside the room, following by a burbling... A second later, a straw-topped buffoon in a crash helmet and waving two Union Jack flags crashes through the wall on a zip wire. Is that Bojo the monkey? Maybe the blonde baboon. Yeah. Whiff-waff, he mutters, before he is pulled by his harness back through the hole in the rubble. 
You step through the hole, Sam pausing only to grab the ceremonial dagger of Stabmandu and into the blue sky. Press and party officials are making off with the human cannonball, but something else catches your attention. At first glance, it looks like a fag packet that has wished upon a star to be human, but only gotten 90% of the way there. Let's get back our independence from those unelected Brussels bureaucrats, it spouts. My goodness, fate appears to put you in front of God's most odious bumfelch, Nigel Farage, and with a ceremonial dagger in hand. He spots... Wait, this in my hand or is it... It's in your hand. Yeah. He spots this dagger and addresses <laughs> you. I can only assume you're from the future and the Brexit has been absolutely terrible and you're subsequently going to kill me. Murdering Farage seems like a fine idea to you and you set off towards him. He sprints off quicker than a backtrack over fishing rights. You chase after him through terrace houses, crashing through a fancy dress shop, winding streets and into the bowels of London. You round a corner to see him disappear into a flat-roofed pub the tattered sign of which names it as the Shivan Staffy. You follow him indoors. Inside, Conman Farage is nowhere to be seen. The door closes behind you with a noticeable and ominous clunk. As realisation dawns, a cold chill goes down your neck. Your previous dash through the fancy dress shop has resulted in Mike wearing a rather stupid shirt and beret. Sorry, this type, a striped shirt and beret. <laughs> and Sam, <Right>. and Sam <laughs> wearing, <laughs> and Sam wearing lederhosen. Is that bloody fancy dress? You're both looking a little bit forward around the ears. You're trapped inside a flat roof boozer, the Shiv and Staffy. Nigel Farage is nowhere to be seen and it's 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. In exactly 30 minutes, the pub will fill up with murderous Brexiteers, intent on going daily mail on your bum holes. You must find a means of escape, and if you can, solve Nigel Farage. Your time starts now. Solve Nigel Farage. Oh, right. I know, it's like the that last... means we have to buy a milkshake or something. I think it means stab him through the heart. <laughs> yeah, it's how you'd resolve a problem like Nigel Farage, I guess, yeah. is your... Mm. The ultimate solution. <laughs> Cut his throat and eats his eyeballs. Like, <laughs> I seem to remember every single podcast I've been on, there seems to be some form of death or dying that's involved. I, I we, we, like... killed a, we killed a seagull in, in one of them, and I think oh, it was yeah. death of a seagull in another. Oh, it was tons of seagulls, yeah. Tony um, perpetuated. Yeah. Anyway, we got this out. time, we've, we've been promoted from seagulls and birds and... Other feathered creatures to Farage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the only man for the job, I think. <laughs> Sent from the years future. Of training, killing feel, many seagulls. I feel, I feel slightly like Terminator. Oh, wait, he goes back from the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. from the future. Yeah. Yeah, that's the movie. No. no. Wait, you're in Labour right. Hosen. Does that mean like. Just a matter, like I've got stab man dude. Which German back from the future? I. Although he's Austrian. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. So, so what's? Uh, I'm going to have a look around the room and and see what is there. Okay. So you look around uh, the inside of the Shiv and Staffy. It's a grim flat roof boozer, ill lit, with a visible haze in the air of long forgotten cigarettes and poor drainage. Uh, there's trestle tables and uncomfortable chairs littered all over the place. Uh, which build the scene but are utterly irrelevant to the puzzle. Uh, to your left, you see the bar, which appears to have a stout metal cage over it, uh, resting from the ceiling to the bar top, uh, presumably to deter or at least slow down prevalent theft in the area. Directly in front of you is the largest television you've ever seen, which appears to be hardwired to Sky Sports. 
and to your right is an evil-looking fruit machine. Mm. Have you ever been in a pub with a cage over the bar? No, yeah, I have as well, actually. Yeah. Michael is shaking, is nodding his head. It's uh, it's quite intimidating, especially when they've got, you know, the cages are over the the windows as well. I mean, normally, like, pubs I've been in, they roll the cage up, like, when they're serving people, but I've been in a few where they roll the cage down in between. We went into one. When I was at university, we went into one, and it was, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it had a crossed AK-47s outside the front of the bar. It was, like, Orange Army. Bloody hell. It was an Irish pub. And uh, we were... There was another Irish pub across the road, so it was a bit... It was a bit... Well, off and my housemate ran into that pub and shouted up the IRA in that in that pub. And I was with him at the time. And you were like, I'm not with him. <laughs> I got a chicken nugget thrown in my head for him. <laughs> I mean, I think you got away light, mate. Chicken nugget. Oh my god. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Uh, we didn't stay in there for very long. Right? It's not the most scared I've ever been in that place either. Like near that place. Yeah. But you're lucky there having dinner and, you know, oh, I think it was from a takeaway across the road actually they, they did not do food in that in that place <laughs> how they let you bring it in that's nice that's always it's nice to uh, is Where there do anything you want? on the bar yeah um, so do you want to go have a look at the bar yeah let's have a look at the bar okay so you look at the bar and pretty much everything's hidden behind the bar cage um appears to be a shuttered metal grill, which is uh, between the ceiling and the top of the bar. And there are thin uh, perforations, gaps, within the metal uh, that are allowing you to see through to the other side. Um, you notice that the shutters are being held down with a rather natty piece of rope. That's on the opposite side of the shutter. Okay. Just on the opposite side of the shutter, I should say. Can we inspect the, the shutter or the cage a little bit more? Or is there... uh, I think that's pretty much everything there is to see. Um... Can we reach around and sort of grab or put any knife or cutting implements underneath the cage to cut the rope? You can't put it underneath the cage. Through, through one, though. Yeah. You can indeed cut the rope with the dagger. I thought you would take you longer to remember. Oh, yeah. My, my <laughs> Literally, Sam was like, I've been given it. Why did I give the knife to Sam? I should have given it to Mike. Mike would have forgotten that. Stab man do. I got a stab oh, man do. Sure, yeah. <laughs> can I use my stab man do? The stab man do, the. the the, you can stabby man do the deed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you stab the rope. Uh, <laughs> you snip the rope. You cut the rope with the dagger, and the bar cage rattles back up into the ceiling, uh, opening the bar up to you. Can we? I'm going to jump a couple of times. Yeah, that's exactly what my thought. Okay. So Sam jumps over the bar, like kind of Dukes of Hazard style, except with a bar instead of a bonnet. Uh, and yeah, looks at the, the pumps and gets ready to pull some pints. So, and, and this is a perfect time to do that, like be an update that I promised everybody. So I'm at 50% of my, my pints, so I'm only at half pint. Half is now actually like downing some of his some of his beer, so now he's now got 100% of one pint. So one pint. I'm at about a quarter of a pint. About a quarter of a pint, yeah. So yeah. we're not doing so we're doing right. you got some catching up to do. Yeah, for sure. Um I'm forgetting words. to drive anywhere yeah. after this. Oh, shit, yes. So, uh, yeah, Sam, so behind the bar, you can see that there's a, a large blackboard. Um, you can also see they're actually standing on top of a trap door, which is locked fast and has no visible means of opening. Uh, and you're looking... down there. 
you were looking for yeah, you were looking for beer taps, and you can see that there's three Carling taps, two Stella taps, and one bottle of Pinot Noir. Um, to the taps as well. Um, yep, they all pour Carling. Uh, both the taps pour Carling and Stella. Okay, so we've got. I thought you said there were three Carling and two Stella. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so three, three Scarling, two Stella. Nice. They all, they all. What is the, uh, the, the, you know, noir? What's the hatch secured by? Uh, the hatch just appears to be the trapdoor. There's no visible means of opening it. It's just locked. It's just stuck fast in the floor. Right. Can we knock on it and say we're going to get you, Farage? Absolutely, you do so. <laughs> cool. Do we hear any quivering or wailing underneath? You do not. Let me. Can I stamp on it and just shout obscenities? Absolutely. Bang, bang, bang. Swears. Yeah, I'll do that too. Bang, bang, bang. Swears. <laughs> um, is there anything special about the one bottle of Pinot Noir? Ah, well, funnily enough, uh, it appears to be empty uh, and made of plastic. Perhaps it's there to um, weed out undercover poverty inspectors. Undercover? Undercover poverty inspectors. How many um, beers have you had? Known as it is that anybody who orders wine in a flat roof pub is probably middle class and shortly going to die. The label on the back rather tellingly reads, Pinot Noir, genuine wine vintage, 1815, when we drove the fogs off Waterloo. Notes of cherry. Mm, what else is around the bar? Taps. Taps, the blackboard. Uh, What's on the blackboard? Uh, so the blackboard just seems to have the uh, the pub's Wi-Fi code written on it. Oh, well, let's definitely get that. N0 underscore. N, is that capital or not? Uh, all of the alpha characters appear to be in lowercase. N0 underscore. E-U-R-0. E-U-R-0. M-U-N-N-Y. Is there an underscore underneath that? Nope. M-U-N-N-Y 1997. Okay. No euro money. My friend is not like that. So N0 underscore E-U-R-0-M-U-N-N-Y. 1997, yeah. 1997. How secure do you reckon that is? Um, we'll be the first guess of uh, any self-respecting damage. Oh, yeah, got, like, <laughs> got some numbers and underscores and stuff in it. Very, very good. And some misspellings, too. Yeah, that's it. They're probably not intentional. <laughs> okay. Well, and there's nothing behind the bar anymore. Uh, well, five pints that you guys have just pulled. Um, right. And Sam, well, there aren't any of those. I'm going to drink them. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we share them. Are they good? Uh, no. no. You both three carlings. I don't like carling. No, but I don't think anybody likes carling. It's awful. It's I so bad. I haven't seen it for a while. I think it kind of went extinct. I had a tin not too long ago because oh. it was in the back of my fridge. You're yeah. okay. I was, I was awful. I was like, fuck me, I used to drink this. I used to really drink this, but it's because it was cheap. Yeah, I think it had those, like, cool black and white cans. Mm. Well, when you're, not like, think that when you're, like, 16. Oh, yeah. My <laughs> mate's dad had a, a full-size Carling 
tin tattoo on his arm. Wow. What? Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Terrible. Possessed him. I just... He really liked oh, curling. I'm a cheap guy, basically. He really liked... I mean, I would have had a more premium... I would have had, like, a beer Moretti or something. Yeah. You'd have this guy chat. Yeah, him. He looks pretty classy. <laughs> You're like, who's that? You lover. But I think... Yeah, so no, it's my granddad. So while you're having a drink, you can have a picture of a guy having a drink on your arm. Yeah. So, listeners, the Beer Moretti uh, logo, by the way, is a um, kind of Italian man in a green hat having a lovely pint. He's having a good time. He's in a British racing green velvet suit uh, with a velvet bowler hat. Yeah, clearly velvet from the yeah, tiny illustration. Like, yeah. It's velvet to me. And he's I like- got a moustache, too. I like the implication that it's a British racing green velvet, as in, like, the British racing team are all wearing velvet suits. You're talking about... Are Lewis Hamilton's there in, like, velour? We're talking about Brexit and stuff. Uh, Yeah. Um, So we've been around the bar a little bit. Let's go to the TV next. Yeah. Or do you want to play Fruit Machine? Let's watch a bit of TV. All right. Okay, yeah, sure. So, um... UFC... You go to the TV, and it is one of the biggest televisions you've ever seen. Uh, you can only assume they had to take off part of the roof to get it in. Uh, and it appears to be locked onto Sky Sports, uh, and is showing a clip of a football game on a glitched loop in silence. Who's playing? Uh, from the white shirts you deduce, possibly England, and maybe some foreigners. What's the score? Uh, you can't see. Oh. What's, what's the loop showing? Uh, it's showing um, a chap uh, receiving the ball and having a bit of a kick, and then it loops back. Oh. What number is he? Uh, you can't see. Mm. How many feet has he got? Two. <laughs> what colour hair is he? Um, football. <laughs> what what brand is the football? Football. <laughs> feels like feels like a yeah, dummy doesn't know. it there, there's, there's got to be something is there anything like behind the TV uh, the wall oh that's can I turn it off uh, yeah sure you press the off button it goes off and I, I turn it back on what happens uh, it's back to the uh, the silent glitched loop are there any other buttons like to change the channel or yeah there's the whole suite of buttons okay can we change the channel yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hardline to Sky Sports. Doesn't change. You just see it like go up through the channel numbers, but it's continuing Let's to. Let's turn the volume up and see what we can hear. Oh well, if you turn the volume up, uh, you hear a commentator. Ball to midfield. Lovely bit of footwork by Alan Bell in the number seven shirt, youngest member of the 1966 World Cup squad, bringing football home in a legendary. And then it loops again. I'll give that you again. Ball back to midfield. Lovely bit of footwork by Alan Ball in number seven shirt. Youngest member of the 1966 World Cup squad, bringing football home in a legendary... And it loops again. What's his name? Alan Shirt. Yeah, that's his name, Alan Shirt. Alan Ball Ball or something. Everything was either football or... <laughs> yeah. He's the number seven. It David Beckham. The first time in Bulgaria. 1966. Okay. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm glad we tried that. What else should we try? There was a fruit machine, wasn't there? Should we have a look at that? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, so the fruit machine, uh, you go over to it, it's on the right-hand side of the pub. 
You can hear outside, by the way, at this point, with just over 15 minutes to spare, you can hear rumblings from outside of people with staffies walking past, um, rustling their copies of the Daily Mail and getting themselves nice and angry for a good evening of drinking. Right, can we shout fuck off out the window? <laughs> we can. We, we should do that near the time. Maybe it'll buy us a few minutes. I shall. Mike shouting fuck off has taken a minute off the time as they all get slightly angry. No, um, no. Uh, okay, so the, the fruit machine uh, appears to be themed around British greatness. Uh, and to be honest, this thing looks like it's seen a thing or two. Uh, and some of those things were boots and chairs. It's in an absolutely terrible state, and the side is actually hanging off, exposing some of the inner workings. It doesn't appear to be powered, and it's just it's sitting there... making me there. feel more pro... It's making me more fascist. <laughs> <laughs> more fascist, not fascist. More fascist. It's really a little bit fascist. Um, is it just lederhosen you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't appear to be powered, and it's just sitting there with three reels static. Right, let's plug it in. Yeah. Uh, it can't seem time to plug for it. Plug, plug, so plug the telly and put, plug it in that one. Can we do that? Uh, no, it's far too heavy to move across the room. All right, some quick thinking there from me. Can we, like... Um, <laughs> can we pour, like, a trail of carling out on the floor to carry the electricity <laughs> to the fruit machine? Because that works, right? Uh, yeah. So describe the fruit machine again for me, please. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, so it's in a terrible state. Uh, the side's hanging off, exposing some of the inner workings. It doesn't. It does not appear to be powered, and it's just sitting there with its three reels static and unloved. What's on the reels? Uh, so each of the reels is currently displaying. So the reels, by the way, the big circular spinny things in the middle, um, currently displaying a Union Jack flag. Oh, like a jackpot! All of them, Union Jack flag. What's in the inner workings? We have a closer inspection of that. You can see that there's uh, a simple uh, lever control inside that would appear to potentially allow you to set each of the reels to your desired symbol. Ooh, okay. Well, let's have a twiddle of that. What, what, yeah. what options do we have? Shall we run through them and see what yeah. So, uh, do you want to pull the lever to find out? Yeah. Okay, you pull the lever and you hear a little grumble from inside the machine, followed by the snap of ancient desiccated rubber. You can see the little rubber drive belt that appears to drive the, uh, the reels has crumbled away to nothing. That's not good. Um, it's a problem. So, we've got a TV, yeah. some beer, a Wi-Fi code. Yeah. She's got a dead fruit machine that doesn't work. Yeah. There's a lot of tables and stuff, but you said that were pointless. I guess we could do with replacing that drive belt. Yeah, but with what? Um, that's a good question. There's nothing else behind the bar, is there? If we have a look nope. search. Oh, what about that rope? The rope that we cut. So yeah, can we use that? I mentioned it was old and desiccated earlier, and Sam's efforts with the dagger have rendered it pretty much useless to you. <laughs> Shouldn't have stabbed it so much. <laughs> man do is just too sharp. Mm. Or like, or maybe blunt. I don't know. <laughs> sharp, it would have left it in better conditions. Um, hmm. What have we not 
rummaged around. Is there anything else around? You have rummaged around everything there is to rummage around in the room. Can we not fiddle with the... Can we not force the reels in the fruit machine? Unfortunately, they're behind a bit of the machine that you're unable to access. You appear to be able to set them using the lever and the... Well, the missing drive belt. The missing drive belt. So we got to find a new drive belt? Something to use as a drive belt, certainly. Okay. Um, does Sam's lederhosen have, like, um, braces? Sam, do you want to check out your lederhosen? Let's check my outfit out. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Sam, you are sweating in those lederhosen. They are tight as fuck, uh, resulting in a distinctly meaty smell. You smell a little bit like warm pepperoni. Well, better take it off now, <laughs> Is okay. that a bratwurst in your pocket? Right? Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, Sam, you take off your lederhosen. You are oily underneath. Can I check my pockets? Sure. You find lederhosen inside. Hmm. Can I use my stairman do to cut off a brace and fashion a new drive belt? Um, no. <laughs> 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 well, that answers that question, buddy. Oh, okay. Uh, Do I have anything under my beret or anywhere else? Like? Jesus Christ. Okay, so, <laughs> Mike, you are wearing a striped shirt and a beret that smells dreadfully like onions. Oh, you've just asked. You actually, you've, you've precluded me. You look under your beret, <laughs> and inside you find a whole string of onions, a big, sturdy loop of them. Ah, can we use them as a drive? You belt? certainly yeah, can. I mean, you probably could also have used Sam's lederhosen, but I really wanted you to find the string of onions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, can I also ask, am I wearing anything else apart from lederhosen? Hey, Sam, you're not. It, was, it was quite the run through that fancy dress shop. Is it, <laughs> is it warm in this pub? It doesn't sound yeah, particularly I mean, warm. It probably smells like lunch in here. With <laughs> sausages. Sam smells like lunch. <laughs> Can I slide back into my later hose? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you peeled them off in the first place and you slip back in them like <laughs> some sort of third-use condom. Um, okay. Third-use? So, yeah, yeah. What's it getting warm in here? <laughs> So, um, smelling as you do, like the inside of a steak and kidney pie, um, you have fitted the string of onions to the drive belt <laughs> of the jukebox. Um, you, are now, you are now able to uh, pull the lever and set the reels. Let's cycle through them. Okay, sure. So, looking through them, you can see that uh, there appear to be uh, six different uh, symbols on each reel. Each reel has a union jack. And number seven, a cherry, the three-bar symbol, a watermelon, and a pound sign. So wait, how many symbols? There's six, six. right? There's Union Jack, seven, cherry, bar, pound. A watermelon and pound sign. Watermelon. Right, so we've got... Well, that wine had notes of cherry. Yeah, it did, didn't it? And we've got... The 1997 was on the... Yeah, lots of sevens around the place. 1966, we had... 
Yeah, but TB the player was number seven. I don't know if this really helps us. But it was seven Allen shirt from 1966. Can we do pound seven cherry? Uh, you can put that in, so you set back the believer. Yeah. Uh, and nothing happens. What was your thing behind that? Well, I was thinking the Wi-Fi code was no euro money, so pound. The football player was number seven, and the wine was notes of cherry. Hmm. We had those two games. Seven. No euro money, yeah. And cherry. Okay, well, let's, how many different, let's try a different combination. Yeah. Can we try them again in a different order? Yeah. Do it. Yeah. All right, so what did you, what was your first one? You did pounds first, so let's do that last. I'll do cherry. Yeah. Seven Union Jack. No, wait, sorry, pound. Yeah. You set the reels in the fruit machine and hear a loud, satisfying bong. Oh, nailed We'll get back to this in a second. <laughs> a moment later, your attention your attention is drawn to the bar where the trapdoor is rising slowly and mechanically upwards. And there was you just got you got the correct order. There were dates given to you earlier with each of those things. So oh, the wine yeah, the wine was vintage eighteen fifteen. Nineteen ninety seven and eighteen fifteen. These are all these are all like great British moments, by the way, for if you're of the Daily Mail ilk. So um eighteen fifteen, Battle of Waterloo. Uh, English victory over Napoleon. Alan Ball uh, was in the uh, number seven for the World Cup victory in 1966. Alan Ball was a real player. Yep, Alan Ball midfielder. <laughs> no, Alan Ball midfielder number seven. Alan is shirt or my And um, in October 1997, that was when the UK government uh, notified the European Council that it was not going to adopt the single currency. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, so great. great, great British moments. Anyway, and that yeah. was the order that we should have put things in. Yeah, that's why I gave you the dates for them. Right, oh, okay. right. But I High five for brute force attack. <laughs> I, yeah. And I love Mike just going, what's under my beret? I'm like, I've not even described the oniony smell. <laughs> yeah, was that going to be made uh, apparent to us at some point? Yeah, yeah. So if you if you if you checked your costume, I would have described the striker shirt and your very smelly hat, and you would have been ah. Oh. Yeah, well, I thought there's you know there's probably nothing under the shirt to you know get too excited about. Anyway. Well, it depends who you ask. <laughs> right. Well, from what I remember, always check your bloody outfit. That's it. Uh, there is an ideal yeah. hiding place for your a string onions. of onions for an emergency drive <laughs> <laughs> belt. <laughs> Which, to be fair, if you hadn't been as close to getting it, I would have let Sam use his lodizing because that was such a perfect solution. <laughs> uh, you have six minutes remaining. Um, and we go flat. So let's go check the, I guess, the trapdoor. The trapdoor. Right? Okay, so there's a... Have a let's have another beer first. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so How many beers do we have left? We've drank five. You, you drank the five before. Do you want some more? I'd suggest the Stella, Please. probably. Okay, let's so have some Stella. Yeah. Pint of Stella apiece, and then you go to the trapdoor. Cheers. <laughs> that sounded great. Uh, there's a concrete staircase, you see, which is leading underground. You step down to find a metal door reading Secret UKIP Headquarters. Wait, can I just ask, is Stab Mandu glowing a faint blue? <laughs> <laughs> 
Because Nigel Farage is a bit of a, bit of a goblin. I love it. Yes, it absolutely is. That's just so perfect. I'll add a sound effect in. Um, it appears to be unlocked and you step through. Inside, you find yourselves in a dark, cavernous space. On the opposite side of the room is Nigel Farage, who is desperately trying to get a key into an emergency escape tunnel door. Can I find dagger jump through the air? Well, in what appears to be a clandestine party office space. However, between you and him is a large dogfighting ring. It turns out that all the people who like dogfighting also like UKIP. Uh, So they must have figured it was easier just to rent one room. The dogfighting ring has a single, starving, mad-eyed beast inside. It's the famous, the infamous Fred the Fluffy Fucker, a Pomeranian with murder in his eyes. You must find a way to cross the ring before Nigel escapes, and without having your faces bitten off. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Is there anyone else in this dogfighting ring? Right, well... It's just, it's just Fred just the us. Fluffy Fucker and you guys on one side... Farage on the other, and he's in, you know, uh, Fluff is in the ring. You know, he's in the ring. He's not going to get you well, where you are, but if you try and cross the room, he'll have you. Let me take off my lady hose and that smells like pepperoni and uh, <laughs> throw it across the room, and he'll go savage that, whilst I go savage Farage. Okay, you throw the lady hose, and Freddy the fluffy fucker chases after Sam's meaty clothing uh, and starts contentedly shred- tearing it to shreds. You cross the floor and face down Farage. What would you like to do? Eat his eyeballs. (laughs) Cut out his tongue. Okay. I'll stop the time here. (laughs) Stab him for the chest. Okay. We've got four whole minutes to work him over. (laughs) Nigel Nigel nods in acceptance. He knew this day would come as soon as he started writing things on buses. As the ceremonial dagger of Stabmandu, glowing, touches him, though, something magical happens. It passes through him. But but instead of skewering his flesh as you intended, it instead pulls a ghostly white entity from within him. It screams and writhes. Separated his soul from the body. Oh, my God. (laughs) It gasps. Gasps. No regression on workers' rights before fading away. That's some fucking doo-doo there. Nigel looks at you, the yellow tinge retreating from both his eyes and teeth to leave them pearly white. My goodness, he says, crying. I've been possessed by that bullshit ghost for so long. Thank you. I was afraid I'd never say a sensible thing again in my life. Oh, oh, please tell me it's not too late. Joyfully, he runs past you, shouting, Kaloo, Kalei! and back up the stairs towards the bar. I think we should still kill him. (laughs) Everyone, everyone, he shouts joyously. It was all bullshit, but it's fine now. Vote remain, my friends. It's not perfect, but on balance, it's better than economic suicide and delusions of global influence. Well, that's nice. I'm not buying it. Can we force him to drink a (laughs) carlin? Nigel drowns. (laughs) Well, that's nice. He sounds frail. You've fixed Farage. And you fixed Brexit. And you have a lovely escape tunnel right in front of you. Oh, excellent. High five. With three and a half minutes left Let's on the clock. Yeah. With three and a half minutes left on the clock, you make your way along uh, that tunnel for what seems like hours before coming finally to a hatch in the ceiling above you. You open it to find yourself surrounded once more by blue sky, plants, very high walls, suspicious dungy smells, and staring families. 
You look to your left. <laughs> Picnic? <laughs> a gorilla looks back at you. Oh, fuck. You've made it to the nexus in history, the birth of the dark timeline in which we currently live. You've made it to Harambe. Better not fuck this one up. We <laughs> continued. Well done, guys. Hey. Expertly solved. You did a smashing job on that. That was nice. That was a good. Uh, that was good teamwork. I felt that was some good teamwork. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. We got. We also have a good helping helping dose of luck and beer. Yeah, I was expecting like some like meta shenanigans from Mike over here. What? Well, I feel like the I I I feel like the the outfit play is always a bit meta. The last time I remember that was John's World War Two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you remember that? Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, we usually like might contact people beforehand and plan schemes. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that every recording, or people will start to suspect. Yeah, but every every time you like elevate. Well, I was saying that the last one I did, I just sent everybody a message saying, "No mission this time, just have a nice time." And because of that, they were all super suspicious of each other and were suspecting one another. It was just, it was amazing. John got really like paranoid and was like interrogating Alan before the recording. <laughs> yes, I can imagine that. Jolly, jolly good show, chaps. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll wrap us up then. So thank you very much for listening. Um, You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, theinfinitescaperoom.com. You can also get in touch with us via Facebook and Twitter at tier underscore podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, and uh, we hope you did, if you didn't, um, then I hear Joe Rogan's got some interesting things to say about vaccinations. Um, But yeah, Uh, if you did enjoy us, uh, then why not uh, share us with some of your friends? Perhaps uh, get one of our episodes uh, put onto vinyl and send it to your grandma. Anyway, we love you lots, and we'll see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye now. And beer update. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sam's finished his pint. Mike's very nearly finished his pint. Almost there. I finished my half, and I've I've nearly finished my lime cider. Right, time for another. You you, you need to see Another! (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, listeners. Love you. Ciao. Adios. Caquite. It's Maori. (laughs)